Hi there, DSO friends. 2020 sure was a hell of a year. And to celebrate this tumultuous year coming to an end and to start 2021 off on a high note, we've got a special promotion for you. You can win a free month of the DSO Connect member vault for January 2021. All you have to do to enter is write a review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. It'll only take a moment of your time and you'll be entered to win a month of our great content, which includes done-for-you social media posts a task calendar, and this month only, you'll get my formula for using a free online scheduling tool to book trial classes that got me six brand new students enrolled in classes in just one week. This contest is open to studio owners who are already in the member vault and folks who missed out on the last time we opened the vault doors. So head on over to Apple iTunes and write us a review by December 31st to be entered to win a free month of the DSO Connect member vault for January 2021 and start the year off right. DSO Connect friends, it's Robin. As we come into the home stretch of 2020, Casey and I are taking just a couple weeks off from creating new content. We are reaching back into the archives and we each are selecting one episode that we think deserves a second listen. Last week, Casey chose hers and this week it's my turn. I chose the episode where I interviewed my husband Wally entitled DSO Husbands, How to Train Them and Treat Them Right. This episode reminds me of life pre-COVID when all was right in the world, and it also reminds me how important family is in our businesses. I hope you enjoy this little stroll down memory lane, and here's hoping that 2021 brings us a little closer to that life that we loved. Enjoy. This is Robin from DSO Connect, and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. Today, we are talking with my husband, Walter, and the the topic of today's discussion is going to be dance studio owner husbands, how to train them and treat them right. Wait a minute. minute. I don't like that uh, title. What? I think that title should be dance studio owners and their husbands who are treated like slaves. That's not that's, true. That's a good title. That's a good title. Do you think that's more accurate representation yeah. of our relationship? No, I'm just kidding. You're just kidding. Yeah. All right. So this is my husband, Walter. Um, some of you may have met him at the last retreat. Um, but we decided to do this podcast because I know a lot of studio owners um, have partners, whether it be husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. So when I say dance studio and our husbands, I really am kind of using that as a broad brush stroke. And, you know, this could apply to any person that you're in a relationship with. It just so happens I am your husband. You are my husband. Yeah, so that is correct. That's why you said. <laughs> that's why I said husband. Okay. <laughs> um, so we've been together for a long time. 20 Since 1997. Yep. Married since 99. Yep. So almost the entire life of my stu- our studio, which is 28 years old, um, we've been together. So when we first met, my studio was very young. It was about five years old. And I had um, Nicholas, my oldest son, and he was only nine months old when we met. So I was looking for a partner in my life. I was looking for someone who could 
be a father figure to my son, a husband, and also maybe I didn't realize it at the time, but I sure am glad I found someone who could be instrumental in the growth of our business. Um, in fact, I may have subliminally known it because when we were on one of our first dates, I remember asking you, do you remember this? Do you remember me saying? Asking if I knew how to build things. <laughs> I said, of course. Of course. I'd say anything to make her <laughs> Have another like date. Yeah, have another date maybe. with you. <laughs> <laughs> So I think he was exaggerating his skills a little bit, but he certainly um, learned on the job. But I also, I did know how to build stuff and-, and I think you had a basic knowledge. Yeah, I was very mechanically inclined. Right, you had a basic knowledge and you were willing to learn. And I think that's really important because um, another thing that I learned early on when we were dating was that you were not passionate and in love with your job. I hated my job. He hated his job. Because it kept me away from my family. Yeah. Because I was a contractor. Yeah. So he worked in the nuke plants and he would have like these shifts where he would, you know, sometimes he'd be away for a week or two. Sometimes he'd be on night shift. It was really rough for the family. And I think that, um, well, at first I remember thinking, oh my God, how can I, you know, be in a relationship and be in love with a guy who doesn't love his job? I kind of thought that that was something that was important to me in a life partner. But, I, but in retrospect, I realized that his lack of passion for his career left an opening for him to be pa become passionate about my career. I was just totally a slave to that job because <laughs> I would work six days a week, 12 hours a day and be away from home. So that's all I did. Yeah. So then you became a slave to the dance studio. But I'm not a slave to the dance studio. I'm a slave to... <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, you're a happy slave. Yes. <laughs> I treat you well. <laughs> yes, you do. But also, not only did, like, she's, she had a passion for dance, but I saw, I, I, I also had a passion for it because I was on board with it because I thought it was good. So. Yeah. So that is, I think, a huge, a huge consideration in, in a successful um, marital or partnership relationship when it comes to your business thriving. Um, does your partner believe in what you're doing? And I'm not saying that it's essential that your partner needs to jump on board full time, but I think it's really important that they respect your dream and respect your studio and um, make themselves available within reason, you know, to help you fulfill your dream. And I know that some studio owners do struggle with that dynamic with their partners, especially if their partner has a, a very demanding job that may require them to be out of town a lot. And so now the studio owner is maybe taking on a, a a disproportionate amount of the home responsibilities, which makes it harder for them to work on their business. Also, the, you know, if that partner is the one that's making the most income and sometimes they feel like the studio is just a burden to them because yeah. their wife's away from home and, you know, and, which in our case, it's, it hasn't turned out to be that way. My job was the job that was making most income, but now it's total what would you say a 180? Yeah. A 180. That the studio is making, well, actually the studio is making. It's our primary income. Primary income right now. Yeah. At this time. And it's, it's 
me getting on board has helped it get that way. Robin runs the studio and operates it, but with us working together, it has become very successful. Yeah. And the other thing is that you and I have very different skill sets. And so we complement each other nicely. Like, I don't know how to use a What's that called? (laughs) Is that called? (laughs) Cordless drill. I don't know how to use that. I can use a hammer and maybe a screwdriver, but I don't know the difference between the plus one and the minus one. (laughs) So anyway, he is the expert in that area, and I am the expert in, um, you know, what I do, which is building the studio. Right. All right, so when we first met, um, I had a one-room studio in Mount Vernon, which is a cute little neighborhood in Baltimore, and I really wanted to move because we were sharing a space with another dance studio, which was very awkward, and it was just time to grow. So what was holding me back was actually that I did not have the resources to build out a new space. Um, I didn't have the, the financial resources, nor did I have the physical knowledge to do it. So when I met, this was around the time I was, you know, first met Wally and um, he, he told me he knew how to build stuff. So I moved forward with the move, of course, consulting him. We talked about it and we decided that this is something we wanted to do together, right? Yes. And I learned over time, if Robin says we're doing something, it's, that's, what's, that's what is happening. <laughs> For the most part, it's turned out okay. Yeah, I know. She'll say, we're just talking about it now, but within a week, we're doing it. <laughs> now, sometimes I turn around if I, if I gather information, realize it's a bad idea. Once. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> okay. So we, um, we were negotiating a lease to move into a bigger space, you know, just a couple miles into another neighborhood in Hamden. And the lease negotiating process was taking a really long time. By the time we signed the lease, we had two weeks before the fall opening. And this place needed a lot of work. It had a lot of potential. It was beautiful, high ceilings, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was gonna be it great. It was an old bowling alley. Yeah. And we had to turn it into a dance studio. So we had, like she said, we had two weeks and uh, we ended up living there, Rob and myself, Nicholas, my older son, Gator, and our beagle. We lived there for two years. <laughs> so Nicholas is about almost a year old. Like, yeah. He's, no, a year and a half. Yeah, year he's and 18 half. months old and a 14-year-old boy and a beagle and the two of us and my senior dance company, my senior ensemble. So basically eight teenage girls. And they gave up the last two weeks of their summer to live at the studio. And we didn't have anything. We didn't have a moving truck. So during the day, I would take a dancer with me and we'd drive across town and fill up our car with whatever things we were moving from the old studio and bring them over. We and borrow tools besides what little tools I had. And we were painting and cleaning and organizing. And, and we, had to, we had to tear down one of the walls in our the studio that was going to be studio number one and uh, I was up one day on a ladder tear, tearing this wall down from the top because it was the ceilings were what 15 16 feet high really high 20 feet high maybe and the ladder it was a wooden old wooden ladder and the leg broke and I was up dangling. There dangling hanging from the ceiling like 15 feet off the floor oh my god and my 14 year old son was down there and he didn't know what to do he's just a kid and I'm yelling down to him 
to throw some of that old sheetrock on top of the old pile of wood that was there. There was like a giant pile of debris under him. Yes. And if he fell, like there would have been nails and... So he threw a couple sheets of sheetrock on it and that's when, and then I jumped down to that, onto the <laughs> sheetrock. <laughs> he was there, he's a 14 year old boy, like, oh my God, it's gonna on? die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, we were really winging it, we, but we made it work somehow. And over those, those two weeks... Um, Just one more thing. Do you yeah. remember us getting rid of the debris? Oh, yeah. We didn't have a, Your mom's trailer. Oh, my God. Tell throwing me. the stuff out the window onto the sidewalk with somebody stopping people as we're throwing stuff out. Because this is almost in the city. Well, we're in the second floor of a building in the city, and we didn't have a dumpster. But we had a trailer, like an, my mom's old farm trailer. So we're like country folk in the city. And we had dancers down there, like stopping people on the sidewalk so they don't walk by. So and then Wally's throwing the debris out the window into the trailer. Oh my God, it was like a hillbilly extravaganza going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing, we had all the parents, the mothers would bring us food and the fathers would help me help build it out. Yeah, because some of the dads had more experience in building than you did yeah. because you exaggerated your skill set during the interview. <laughs> Plus, they had more money, so they were bringing beer and wine. <laughs> and lasagnas and bagels and cream cheese. It was really fun. Oh, and we conceived my second, our, our second son there. Alex. He was conceived during those two weeks. Yeah. Fun fact. So um, <laughs> it was fun. Anyway, um, we, we stayed in Hamden for a couple of years, and that was rough because my rent was too high. Um, Baltimore's oversaturated with studios. The neighborhood we were in, there just wasn't a lot of expendable income for families. And financially, it was really a struggle. We had a hard time yeah. getting people to pay their tuition sometimes. Yeah, they, we didn't have a hard time getting people to come, but we did have a hard time getting them to pay and pay consistently. And that, and that, that was a time when Robin was, I feel like a little bit trying to be a little too nice. Well, but, also I was overwhelmed and I had yeah. so many hats to wear and, young. and I didn't do bill collection. I just kept putting that off, which was a problem. But also we didn't have online registration and auto pay then. This was in the, the 90s. So anyway, that's another whole other story. Yeah. But what I was getting at was there were times when my husband's paycheck would pay our teachers. And he didn't know it at the time. He knows it now. Um, <laughs> it's safe to tell him now. But the, yeah, there were times when um, I needed to use his paycheck to pay my teachers. And maybe the electric bill was a little late or, you know, I just had to scrimp on the groceries that, that week. Um, but we did what we had to do. We did what we had to do. And I think that even I, I think that even if I did tell you that back then, you would have been okay with it as long as it wasn't two hours. Well, you didn't extreme. tell me back then. You just told me like a week or two later. Yeah. And I probably told you it happened once or twice and yeah. it might have happened like five times. Yeah. But anyway, again, we were both kind of in it for taking one for the team. We are both all in. Believe it or not, we're already looking towards summer 2021 and planning our amazing retreat. We've got some great things in the works for you, and we're going to be releasing information soon, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, you can grab a replay of our 2020 retreat. The virtual retreat includes amazing business content, including studio reset, marketing and social media, developing your inner leader, building community, and getting the most out of online platforms Kajabi and 
and Trello. Plus, there's great teacher training content that you can share with your staff, like honing your teacher's eye for ballet, building your tap curriculum, jazz fundamentals, contemporary and improvisation for the young dancer, building a solid structure for hip hop, and so much more. Catch up on all the amazing, juicy content from our 2020 retreat for just $197. Go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat Replay tab to grab yours today. We decided to leave Hamden and move up to New Freedom, which is um, about 40 miles north. And it's a much, it's out of Baltimore City. It's more of a rural country area. And I was going to just not be a studio owner. I was just going to be a PTA mom. But that didn't work out. And be submissive to your husband. Oh, yeah. I actually (laughs) did take a class, like a Bible study class at our church. I was thinking I was going to, we joined the church the Lutheran church, yeah. which didn't last. And I did a Bible study and the first lesson was how to be a submissive wife. And I even bought the book and I tried and I, I just, it wasn't working. And me. that's Robin. Yeah, I, can't, I couldn't do that. So um, we ended up uh, deciding, well, we decided that we were gonna open a studio, open New Freedom. Yeah. And we rented a small space that you had to- um, I had to. You had to do some work. That was probably the easiest out, yeah. one. Well, we had to put the mirrors up. Mirrors and, and floors. And floors. And, and you know, just some paint. And that, that one was pretty easy because we knew it was temporary. But then less than a year later, we found this building that was a monster. I loved it. It was pegboard and drop ceiling and fluorescent lighting and multiple levels. And we, and- and we- rented it to begin with because my yeah because my dad who has was financing the project didn't want to buy this building he wanted a new vanilla box and i so we built out which is now still studio one and two and the parents lounge we just had that that's all we had we built that out and when we were doing that we were using supplies that the old uh, true value left there we were reusing nails. I was, they left a lot of supplies just all over the place and I would find these supplies and I was using them to help build out yeah, it was those like two a- studios. And luckily the people that own the True Value who actually sold it to us, their, their three kids were some of our first three students there. Right, so that was- well, they, well, the point I was getting at was they gave us a line of credit to where we could, we had a line of credit with them to get supplies so we can build this place out. Yeah. So that's some small town action right there. So the building we found used to be a true value hardware store and they moved up the road into a bigger, fancier place. So they sell us their old building, leave a whole bunch of supplies. Their three kids are our first customers and our biggest check, tuition check each month. And their, their mom loved it. So she, she was like, for us. yeah, she was the big cheerleader mom, whatever. That was a big thing. And then after we got um, a couple rooms built out, we convinced my dad that, we were good, that he should help us buy this building, which he did. And then we had just more projects because we had more um, rooms to build out. How big is this, the building? 19,000 square feet. 19,000 square feet. And so there's always another room so that when someone says, oh, you should start a theater program, it's like, mm, oh, yeah, we've got that garage and in the basement. just started happening where we needed more space. Needed. We were at first we were going to rent out part of this building, but it never happened because we needed we ended up needing all the space to our for our studio. Right. 
So that was, that was really um, a big job that lasted many years. We bought that building in 2003. And it's still lasting. It's still happening. Well, it's... In a smaller scale. Yeah. Well, now it's kind of like maintenance and yes. upkeep and stuff. But what I was going to say, your job. Yeah. What, this was a huge project. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things about... The job the, I had. The job you had was that you were able to push pause. So for six months... For six months, I stopped working my uh, <clears throat> contractor job, and that's when I started building out the rest of the studio. So my day-to-day -day was, I'd go there and I would work all day long building the, we built, well, we have the gym and then the, the Studio 3 and the cafe music and academy. music academy. And so we, you know. Five dance studios. Five dance studios. So I built that, spent that six months building all that out. And uh, right, so the day to day looked like basically you would wake up in the morning and you would go to the studio, and that was your job. Yeah. And then I would take care of the kids. We had three kids under the age of five or, or six at that time, and um, they had to go to preschool and kindergarten, and I had to run them back and forth, and I had to feed them lunch and do their homework and you know, whatever. And then by maybe three o'clock, we show up at the studio. And well, you know how it is, studio owners, when you have your kids at the studio, it's kind of their second home and they're kind of underfoot. Um, and they think they own the place. They think <laughs> they own the place. They want to help. And then I would probably work there till like five or six o'clock and then. I, then he would take the kids home. This is another thing that I think is beautiful. If your um, partner can embrace the idea that in the evenings you need to be at your studio and if you're a parent your partner hopefully will absorb some of the parenting uh responsibilities which we always together parented the kids we were right you know, but, I, she did it during the day i would get them take them home at night feed them homework if you know baths. If they had any baths and, and even if they had an activity in another location that wasn't the studio you would take them there yeah and put them to bed yeah and he never had a problem with that so that that really was i, I think that's huge i've heard studio owners or even dance teachers um lament that they wish that their husband or partner was more cooperative when it came to them being away in the evenings instead of making them feel guilty and by me cooperating instead of fighting the system mm -hmm. <laughs> we are the studio is thriving and doing well and it's it is our income yeah it was a sacrifice that we made for a period of time and it's it's ours we we did it together but of course she runs it now but i'm the she does all the brain work on running it and operating and making the business make money and i just keep the upkeep of the business going so right she can do her job we have figured out what your strengths are and what my strengths are and we kind of complement each other i think we're a good partnership in that regard he allows me to do what i do and i allow him to do what he does and this is an example of um one, one of the very few times that i was wrong <laughs> remember i wanted to open a second oh, location yeah. oh, in upper oh, co yeah. so we decided to open a second location and it was not very far away. It was like 30 minutes away. So my husband built another studio. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> Blocked it out. Blocked, yeah. So we only, so he put a lot of effort. And this was like a, a workshop garage type studio as well. So it was like greasy and 
he had to build a subfloor and like in yeah, the, I had to level that one floor out because it was on a it was like angle. yeah because it had a drain so i guess yeah. yeah so anyway it was a lot of work so we rented this place again rent was too high and after about a year and a half we were hemorrhaging money and i decided to pull the plug yeah. and i felt really bad for my husband because um he but, put all that work into it and then i was like never mind but sometimes you need to know when to pull the plug and anyway that was a little blip in the plan but we recovered from that um and now what what things look like now is that um i've learned over the, probably the last three or four years how to really work on the business instead of in the business and so most of my time is not spent in the studio so i'm at home at night most of the time and my day-to-day -day yeah what's your day-to-day -day? is i usually get up right now and as long as there's no problems if of course if there's a problem with the studio i've got to fix that but on a day-to-day -day, i'll get up and go into the studio make sure everything is oh there's no problems nobody uh, broke in the night before there's no leaks sure water bottles are filled up uh you know what changed out trash is picked up uh just general general maintenance and uh, then I just do whatever else I do. So he's the facilities manager and his responsibility is to obviously make sure the facility is fine. And sometimes he'll get a call at 7 p.m. when he's in relaxation zone and someone from the studio will say, there's a leak in the ceiling or, you know, there's a bird's nest. There's been times I've had to go there and check stuff out or fix something little. Or yeah, but he, as much as that's kind of a pain in the moment, I mean, that's what that's what you have that's to do your job you yeah business. so last summer my husband and i decided that he would retire from his job so now the studio is our only well it's our main source of income and um he does not have a paycheck that he's bringing in anymore and we're fine because we've both invested so much over the years to build this together um and he's his title is facilities manager he also does things like when, um, we, when we have our spring and uh, christmas performances i am the one in charge of load the out. load out of the studio and load into the polo and then of course load back out load back into our studio but i'll like a week before the shows i'll get up with all the main teachers and tell them to make sure they have all their stuff in the loading areas and uh they do i have them trained <laughs> or they have me trained whichever <laughs> well they're female so they have me trained um, <laughs> I do that, and then of course in the fall we have our fall tour where we have to go. We go to the new Freedom Fest or Shrewsbury Firemen's Festival, mm -hmm. and have to set up the sound system and the floor for the girls to dance on, and and our little booths and all that. So that's my job. So there's like a couple of days out of the year that are intense and grueling, and then a it's, lot. They're of all intense and grueling, but there's also they're also fun. Yeah, right. But you don't have those days every day, no. like. For, for like I would say like six times a year, you have a big, huge, busy, overwhelming day. Yeah. Yeah. And then we do our video premiere and you, you cook. You oh, yeah, yeah. The, the set up the screen. We have a, a large screen, video screen, so we can show the, the girls their uh, spring concert that yeah. they danced in. And my sons and I set up the big screen that's like 20 by 15 feet. And, uh, and you cook all day. We cook and... And then, but you, but a big part of that event is like the setup and the cleanup and yeah. you take on that responsibility. 
So like a week before the event, he's like, oh my God, I got to mow the lawn. I got to set up the chairs. Well, I got to clean the, the pool. Food and, yeah. yeah. Set up all the, yeah. Yeah. The so that's games. another thing that Wally is really good at. He loves to cook. So sometimes, a lot of times we'll have staff meetings at the house and he'll make food and, you know, serve, serve the ladies and I while we're sitting at the dining room table or sometimes we're on the deck and you're serving. I like that part. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, if you know my husband, you know that he's older than me. He's 60 and 50. And he comes from, you know, he grew up on a farm in Ohio. So he's kind of an old school kind of guy. And um, he's learned a lot being married to, you know, a female business owner and he's come a long way, but there are some, some like ingrained beliefs and tendencies that he has that he'll never lose. And Jeffrey, who's a very dear friend of mine said, um, you know, I know that it goes against Wally's grain to be the person who runs the house and does the cooking and the grocery shopping and the cleaning and everything and then have his wife be the the main breadwinner but but that doesn't bother me well i think that deep down inside it goes against what you've been taught growing up but mentally you are accepting it but i think the reason he said that is because he can tell that you're trying to convince yourself that it's fine <laughs> but it, it, maybe because, it might have been that way but yeah. at this point in my you've life convinced it's, yourself it's fine. so yeah so here we are now yeah doing a podcast and life is good yeah so last summer he um you know quit his job and then in november we um bought a house in florida so now we can now it's dead of winter in the northeast and we are recording this podcast um, with all the doors open and we're looking out on the lanai and it's beautiful, but we are able to do this together because we put all this effort into this project together. But it's a lot of work and it's gonna, the work's going to continue, but yeah, it's also fun. Yeah. And so now we're at a point with both Wally and myself where we're trying to think about the next chapter and the, uh, the next chapter is that we'll be here in florida for you know two to three months a year and so during snow season when a, one of wally's jobs is to plow the snow we need to start thinking about who's going to do that in your absence and systematize things and hire out and yeah. outsource and things so that we can step out and have the machine keep going yeah. because we've been doing that with me for years, you know, I've been systematizing and, and all that, but now we have to do it with his, with his responsibilities as well. In fact, the last performance, we, um, Wally just had double knee surgery, so like two weeks ago. So we had a ballet performance. Oh, yeah. Like a week after your surgery. What was it? And everyone knew that he wasn't going to be able to do load out and load in, and um, he couldn't build any sets or anything. So we just told the parents, like, this is happening, and we need parent volunteers. Well, the one parent, they, Brent, Brent yeah. who he stepped up, and he said he would take care of basically everything right now while I'm recuperating from my right. knee surgery with the help of my sons, which yeah, they've been there, too. Help. Yeah, but the, the concept is that now as we're starting to um, think of the next chapter, you want to make sure that your job is taken care of yeah. so that you can step out and just manage it. So you could you were on the phone. You, you didn't just say, I'm not going to be there for the ballet. Yeah. You were like on the phone coordinating with people all the time. 
Yeah, I did. Yeah. Coordinated with yeah. it to make sure everything was done. Yeah. So overall, what would you say, because we're, we're, we've been talking for a while, so we are going to wrap it up, but what would you say um, is our working dynamic? Do you feel like we work good, well together? Or do you, I mean, there's, I feel like we, we work very well as a team. You, you know your role and I know my role. I, our roles have, at one point we did everything together. Robin would share with the housework and uh, it was like a 50-50 thing between me working, her working, and so she'd take care of the house and I'd take care of the house. But now my, one of my main jobs is take care of the house to, I mean, she does some stuff, but she her time is better spent on operating the studio and making sure the studio keeps going forward, moving forward. And I take, take, took, taken on the role of I take care of the house, I cook, I do a lot of the cleaning. And of course, we don't have to worry about taking care of young children anymore, but we each know our role and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, the other day I had to go to the grocery store because your knees, you yeah. just come out of the hospital and I did not even know my way around the grocery store. It took me forever. <laughs> I haven't done that in so long. So that that's wonderful. I'm very appreciative that you do that now. It, this is, I've got a great life. So, uh, I mean, plus I get to cook the food. And isn't it, isn't it great to, because <laughs> well, you, you're the best person to do it. Anyway, I feel like there have been many times that we, we bicker, but we were getting better at that. And um, I think that we've felt, fallen into a nice routine. So... I am really interested to hear the, some of the other DSO Connect ladies interview their partners. So we're going to say goodbye because I see that the, um, the pool looks lovely and I think we should go sit by it. What do you think, Wally? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. And we will see you in the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.